Welcome to the We Hack Purple podcast, where each month we meet a brand new person from the information security community and industry. And by that, I mean brand new to We Hack Purple, not brand new to the industry. This episode, like every episode, is sponsored by Bright Security. I'm sure you heard about it in the news, how Bright acquired We Hack Purple and we are BFFs forever. Yes! This week, or this month, we have Nicole Dove on, and she's going to talk to us all about what it's like to be a BSO. Nicole, tell us a bit about yourself. So I'm so excited to be on the We Hack Purple podcast and even more excited to talk to you, Tanya. It's always a pleasure. Um, But yeah, so I am head of security for the games division at Riot Games. I'm also a university lecturer and I am host of the Urban Girl Corporate World podcast. Nice. Nicole does a ton of stuff. And I met her, I met her through my friend Chensi and Chensi's pretty awesome one day, one day I will convince her to come on this podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. So you're a BSO. Can you tell us basically what the heck a BSO is? Yeah. So the Business Information Security Officer is essentially what the acronym BSO stands for. It is absolutely my most favorite job of my career. And I love it because it is so many things rolled up in one, but the ultimate purpose of the BSO role is to essentially liaise between the business side of the organization and the security side of the organization to make sure that one is always in lockstep with the other. And that can be really challenging because when you talk to business leaders, typically their focus is on um, financial performance, customer sentiment and retention. And when you talk to security folks, we want to just make everything as safe as possible. But the BSO has the challenging yet rewarding role of actually making sure everybody can do both. Okay. So it's like you have your foot in both, like one foot in one world and one foot in the other world. Does it require a lot of like negotiation and persuasion? The amount of soft skills for this role um, is legendary, right? And, and you're so many things to so many people. So you are a negotiator, you are an influencer, you are somewhat of a, um, you work to shift culture, right? Some days I'm a project manager. Some days I operate like a mini CISO. Some days I'm just a note taker. Some days the best thing I can do is get the right people in the room. So it is a really dynamic role that requires a lot. Um, And I think the main thing is to be flexible um, Mm -hmm. and adaptable um, and a good listener, right? Because you've got to read between the lines. You've got to know your audience. You've got to understand their priorities. And you're always catering your message and your strategy to just that. So an ongoing theme in the We Hack Purple podcast, so like every time I talk to a new person about their job, almost every single time I'm like, what is the main like thing that you feel you need to be really good at this job? And they keep saying empathy. Would you say mm. empathy is a part of being a visa? Yeah, it's huge, right? Because you can't have, you can't lean and I may regret this, but it's true. You can't necessarily lean t- between you know, one side or the other. And honestly, if you are going to lean, the first word of the role is business, right? So you sometimes have to put business first, which is super challenging to a lot of security folks 
Um, but it's just what has to be done because here's the deal. If we don't have a business, we don't have anything to secure. <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, it does require empathy. It requires, and, and it requires that because as a BSO, you're explaining a lot of technical, complicated concepts to people who have no technology education or history or experience, right? These people are really good at sales, finance, operations, right? Um, and so you've got to be patient. You've got to be empathetic and you've got to be sensitive to that in how you deliver your message. And just you have to be considerate of or empathetic um, to, you know, somebody who is really focused on innovation and growing the business and keeping, you know, the roof over our heads and keeping the clients happy. And here we come with all of these security requirements, right? That can be challenging. And so empathy is super, super important. Okay. I like this. So you said some days you're like a mini CISO. So what's the difference between a CISO, like chief information security officer versus BSO? Yeah. So the chief information security officer is responsible for the overall security strategy of an organization, right? My boss says he is the, the single ringable neck if something goes wrong. And it's true, right? Whereas in the BSO, the business information security officer is not responsible for the entire organization, but typically one line of business. So you will align your BSOs to different business units based on their career history, what that business is doing, what their goals are. And the BSO will essentially work in supporting both business leaders and the chief information security officer. Okay. So then what are the, so BSOs are kind of new, like Mm -hmm. over the past few years, I've started meeting more and more BSOs, but previously I'd never heard of it. Yeah. What are the benefits of an organization having a BSO? Yeah. So what we're seeing is technology is interwoven into every single thing we do in business, right? Like before tech used to be a back office function, right? Like they would be the people that were okay to come in and wear jeans while the rest of us were business casual. We really didn't see them, right? They sat behind a wall, there were tons of computers in their space, but now, you know, because so much of the business strategy and so much of of the services that we deliver or how we deliver those services to our customers are done leveraging or on top of critical infrastructure and technology, we have to think about security, right? We're now in the age where cyber criminals are looking for data, like data is gold. And so we've got to think about how to protect that data or even at an even more elementary level, like what data do we really need to do our business? How do we collect that data? How do we house that data? How do we, how long do we keep that data? Um, All of these things are just new considerations that we have as business people. And so with the amount of hacks happening and breaches and infiltrations, boards are starting to ask about security, right? Customers are asking about security and data privacy. New regulations are coming up, state, federal, different regional. I mean, it's all over the place. And so now security has become not just the right thing to do, but the smart thing to do. 
Um, and it's a part of the value proposition that we deliver. So you have to have somebody who is dedicated to essentially merging those two worlds. And that's what the BISO does. They really enable the business to deliver innovation, products, and services to our customers as securely and thoughtfully as possible. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So how does one work with the BISO? Like, is it different than working with a pen tester or other types of security folks? (laughs) You know, typically when you go to different leaders or practitioners within a specific domain, you have a very specific ask, right? Mm. Um, Where the BISO, it's much more of a general or broad ask. What I also like about the BISO is it's, it's very much more of a, I feel like a good BISO is going to deliver white glove service, right? So it may not be, hey, I need a penetration test on this. It may be, hey, I'm building this or, hey, we want to secure this vendor. What do I need to do or consider from a security perspective? And the BISO sits, gains that understanding, will ask a bunch of questions about the goals and the plans and the data and what regions you want to operate in and who's going to use it. And then they're going to go and essentially pull the right people from each of the domains in sequence to help the business navigate all of those security milestones. Like, no, no, but like, I feel it's almost like, um, like a guide, like a person that will just guide you all through what you need to do to make sure and make sure all the steps happen. Yeah. Um, In, in AppSec, sometimes we talk about the partnership model and Mm -hmm. the idea. So like software developers do this thing called the software development life cycle. And it's like, you, it, sometimes it goes like waterfall and sometimes mm-hmm. it's like agile, and, you're agile. Fixed, and sometimes it's like DevOps where it's like little, little tiny things, but no matter what security has to happen. And so yeah. with the partnership model, you get paired with an AppSec person and they follow the cycle of your entire project. And whenever steps are supposed to happen, they're like, Hey, I was wondering if you want to come hang out and do a threat model, you know, you're in the design phase and that's the best time to do it. So what's up, what's your schedule look like? And making sure those steps get done instead of putting all the emphasis on the software developers who like have 55,000 things they're supposed to do. Of course they do. And like yours is one and it's a hard one and they might not feel comfortable or super sure about what they're supposed to do. But if you have this guide bringing you through and making sure all the things happen, basically at the end, the app is way more secure and hopefully the software developers have not pulled any hair out of their heads and they're like... (laughs) They sometimes do. They sometimes do. I remember when I was a software developer and like the security people would come and I'm like, how inappropriate is it if I just hide under my desk? Yeah. But see, <laughs> a good BISO, right, is going to understand what the priorities of a developer are. Right. Instead of just giving you this whole laundry list of stuff to do before you go into production, why not empower your software developers to include Mm -hmm. some security things in their sprints? And honestly, as a BISO, when I talk to software developers, I'm actually really surprised at how much security they do incorporate into, you know, their normal day to day. So it's, it's really, you know, about breaking down those walls. Again, that's where the empathy comes in. That's where catering your message, the influence comes in right to your audience. And um, it really, the, the BISO, I think is like your cybersecurity whisperer, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Oh my gosh. Okay. So being a BISO sounds kind of awesome. 
how does someone become a BISO? Like, what do you have to do? So here's the thing. The BISO role is very new, right? I, I spoke at a conference a few weeks ago, and it was a room of about 75 CIOs and CISOs. And I was talking about the BISO role, and I asked them, who, who here has a BISO in their organization? One leader raised their hand. One leader. Yeah. So I was like, wow, this, you know, this, I knew it was new, but this really is new. And so I say all that to say, I think the, the, um, the profile of the BISO is probably not as standard as it would be for a software engineer, right? I also think different organizations need different types of BISOs. There's a there's been some recent publications about like the new CISO and the different types of CISOs. I think the BISOs kind of fall within that same kind of play. Um, what I will say is that my journey has been a bit non-traditional. So I'm not a super technical um, information security leader, but my domain expertise is risk management and governance and compliance, right? Um, I've had a lot of relationship management roles in my career. I've built, staffed, and managed international work centers. And so I bring a lot of those tools with me. Um, But I will say, For those aspiring to be a BISO or interested in staffing a BISO, I think number one is understand the needs of your organization, right? At my last company, I hired a BISO to work with a team that was heavy, um, a business unit that did a lot of in-house development. I hired a former software engineer who had an interest in security, right? He speaks their language, right? Um, So understanding the domain expertise that's needed, the technical apps, chops that are needed, and you don't have to do everything, but you have to know a little bit about everything. Right. And if you don't know where to go or have a broad network of people, you can ask. Um, So there's that technical aspect, which probably makes up about 25 to 30 percent. The other 70 percent is going to be empathy. It's going to be influence, negotiation, communication skills, um, being able to um, persuade persuasion is so huge. Education too, right? A lot of this is education and really be able, uh, just being seriously curious, right? And somebody who runs to the problem um, and who's relentless about building solutions and somebody who may not be completely risk adverse, right? You've got to be able to balance risk and innovation. And I think all of those, that long list is really what, what, um, people should look for or look to if they're aspiring to hire or fill a BISO role. Okay. This is awesome. This is so good. Okay. So I know these episodes are supposed to be short, so I'm trying really hard to like not just ask you questions for four hours. Yeah. (laughs) I did promise Nicole (laughs) I would let her go back to work at some point. But okay, so you created a LinkedIn course recently about a super hot topic that I'm super interested in. I was wondering if you could tell us just a tiny bit about your course. Yeah, sure. So I created a LinkedIn learning course called Supply Chain Cybersecurity. Um, We have just been hearing about supply chain attacks in the news more and more, and the ramifications just get larger and larger. And so it's not a super technical course. It is a course from the lens of a BISO. And we talk about cybercrime, different types of cyber criminals, different types of attacks that they use. And then we get into supply chain attacks, you know, how they're attacking um, uh, 
smaller, lesser mature companies to get into the ecosystem of larger mature organizations. And then we think through like some really practical um, call to action um, that people can take now to improve their organization's uh, maturity from a security perspective. So I'm really excited about it. It just came out. It's only been out not even a whole month now, and it's getting really, really good, um, really good hits and views and, and, and energy. And so I'm really, really proud of that. Oh, that's fantastic. So yeah. everyone, if you are a person who uses LinkedIn and has LinkedIn learning, you have absolutely have to go take Nicole's course. And then when you are done, you can go take the WeHack Purple courses because to that acquisition from Bright, we are releasing a whole bunch of WeHack Purple courses on to learning as part of that whole package. And I have more announcements at the end of this episode, so don't go anywhere. Okay, I have more questions, Nicole. All right. So so I think um, in your your, um, course, you talk about how a security culture can help prevent supply chain attacks. But I was wondering if you could briefly just tell us, like, what does supply chain mean and what is an SBOM for anyone? I know I know we have purplers. I know that you know what that is. But for the one person that's new that's listening. What yeah. Is it yeah. So your supply chain will be all the things and pieces of your bigger puzzle. Right. So how, you know, your company can do many things. They can deliver products and services to a customer. Um, But even, and your supply chain can be all the different widgets and companies that you need to make and deliver their products. But then on the flip side, there are a lot of internal services that your company needs in order to just run the business, right? So that could be your payroll company. Um, That could be, you know, the folks that you use for infrastructure or your web application firewalls, right? So all those things that you need to run the business. Um, And so it's essentially how those organizations deliver those products products or services to your company or help you deliver those to your end, your end user. Awesome. And for any of you AppSec nerds like me, that means all the components, the libraries, the Ruby gems, the like PHP components, the NuGet packages, all those things that go into your software, that is part of your supply chain. If you yes. go and grab some random thing off of Docker Hub and don't check it first, like that's you potentially mm-hmm. committing a huge software security, supply chain, (laughs) (laughs) boo-boo. I like that. (laughs) Thank you. Okay, Nicole. So I'm hoping that everyone listening and watching this is thinking she sounds pretty awesome. I would like more Nicole in my life. So could you tell us a little bit about how someone could either follow you or learn more about you, or I don't know, maybe listen to a regular podcast that you happen to be the host of? Yeah, so I host the Urban Girl Corporate World Podcast, and you can find that wherever you get your podcasts. Um, I also am on Twitter, and my handle is Issa Urban Girl, and that's I-S-S-A, Urban Girl. Um, You can also check out my LinkedIn learning course on supply chain security, and I'll be speaking at RSA about the BISO role. Um, And then later on this year, I will be releasing another LinkedIn learning course on the BISO role. Um, But I think it'll be a lot more fun to hear me talk about it at RSA. Yes. Yes. 
I am really excited. Thank you so, so much for being on the show, Nicole. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. I, I love the Bisa role. I love talking about it. I know you've had some Bisos come in and, and chat about the role before. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm excited to, to be a part of that number. Thank you so much, Tanya. My pleasure. And thank you listeners and viewers for coming once again to the We Hack Purple podcast. I forgot to tell you who I was again. I'm Tanya Janka, your host. And I wanted to make a small announcement. So as part of the acquisition of We Hack Purple, Bright Security and I have moved all of the academy courses into the We Hack Purple community so they are free. So that's right. You can get application security training, secure coding training, Azure security training, all of it for free for anyone who joins our free community. All you need to do is give us an email address and go learn. So I hope to see some of you there. And I definitely hope to see a bunch of you in the audience at RSA at Nicole's talk, because that's where I'm going to be. And until next time, I want to thank you so much for supporting We Hack Purple. See you soon.